Happy National Signing Day. I'm Bryce Kuhn alongside Matthew Lang here. It's going to be a National Signing Day episode here. Uh, it's a holiday, Matthew, for college football yeah. as we're getting ready to just kind of read what already happened and kind of preview what's going to happen later on this afternoon. Once again, if you're watching on Facebook Live, thanks for watching. And if you are listening to this on podcast later on or watching it on our YouTube page later on, thank you for watching. Make sure to like, subscribe as well. We're here at Cook's Hot Dogs in Columbus, Georgia. And uh, Matthew, we go ahead and get it started. We're going to have some special guests on later today, uh, later on in this episode. Uh, but we're going to start the big commit that's already happened this morning that was kind of the undecided. Uh, go ahead and talk about that, uh, the, the running back who committed to Penn State. Uh, yes, uh, um, Noah Kane. Mm-hmm. Uh, obviously choosing between Auburn, Penn State, and Texas. And Penn State leading the charge right there. And, you know, at first I was – I was thinking I hear you go to Auburn, but then you start to think, okay, Justin Fields decommits from Georgia. Mm-hmm. He originally was committed to Penn State. Is there a little bit of you know communication going on between the two? You know, saying, hey, come play with Penn State. You never know. So um, my prediction is that Fields will probably go to Penn State. Originally mm-hmm. committed there, Trace McSorley gone and mm-hmm. graduated. Yep. So you know, it, it sounds like it's a good decision for Kane, and like he'll get some good playing time. He's a Great bag, athletic, um, catch the ball in the backfield really well. So it'll be interesting to see um, where Fields goes now that Kane's going there because he's from the south. So um, we'll see what happens. But I think that's a good pickup for Penn State for sure. Yeah, Noah Kane, one of those guys that's kind of got that one deadly cut. Reminds me of a guy like DeAndre Swift yeah. already in the backfield at Georgia. Um, and we're going to talk a lot about Justin Fields. We're going to have Brandon Sudge, uh, the UGAB writer for the Macon Telegraph, come on in a little bit. He's going to talk about that whole fiasco that started yeah. Sunday evening and kind of – you know, opening up his recruitment almost once again as he was yeah. in the transfer per- portal. But as we uh, get closer, we're also going to talk to uh, Ben Moore, editor of uh, Georgia State's 24-7 sports uh, site as well. And he's going to talk a little bit about why uh, this early signing period is really crucial for group of five teams mm-hmm. and why that's a big thing. We've already seen, uh, you know, you have these big-name guys that come out. Ed Oliver's one of them. Yeah, you know, He's going to probably be a top three pick in the NFL draft. He's at Houston, mm-hmm. uh, one of the better uh, non-Power Great 5 schools. Tackle. Great defensive tackle. Um, he spurned some big Power 5 schools to stay near his home and go to Houston. Yeah. Um, you know, covering Georgia State, they've gotten an offensive lineman from it was kind of a soft commit to Clemson and then backs off of it as a three-star. So it's really interesting here in the second year. We talked about this last week, the second year of kind of having – these, the signing period is split into two days, and it yeah. allows these guys to maybe get a better gauge of, like, okay, who really wants me? Yeah. And I think it's going to be interesting to see because there's a lot of teams with some stacked position groups, and I think Georgia's one of those. We're going to get to talk to Brandon about that as well. But your take on it for Georgia is one of the biggest teams. Uh, kind of talked about this entire week, especially with Justin Fields. They just had a guy flip from Ohio State to them, so add another quarterback to that room. John Reese Plumley, four-star out of Mississippi, is going to try to come over here. I mean, mm-hmm. what is that quarterback room going to look like next year, in your opinion? You, you talked about Fields most likely leaving. Yeah. Uh, but still, you have some good guys coming back in. And obviously, mm-hmm. Jake Fromm, the, uh, to me, the bona fide starter oh, of that gosh, group. Oh, gosh, yeah. And, um, and like you said, with Plumley, I've read that they're going to want to blue shirt him. So probably get those four games of experience in and probably you know sit him for the rest of the mm-hmm. year. Um, but from what we're hearing and what has happened, uh, Dwan Mathis uh, flips his commit for, commitment from Ohio State uh, to Georgia. So that will be interesting to see. Number two dual threat quarterback in the country. Um, so it will be interesting to see what his role is. And, you know, we don't really know if Fromm's going to stay one more year. Does he have the potential to leave after this year and go to the NFL? Absolutely. 
but I kind of see him as an Eric Murray type guy. Like loves the University of Georgia. Yep. Um, you know, has a good like family situation because most of these guys, you know, families are poor. I mean, they have to go to the NFL and you know to make money, to provide for, for their them. family. And so with Jake Fromm being in a good situation, you kind of like think, well, does he really love the university? Wants to get his degree, then go to the NFL. So that'll be interesting to see, but. Um, I think it's incredible just how the brand of Georgia has mm-hmm. changed so fast where, you know, Mathis, we didn't recruit him until two days ago mm-hmm. when we found out about the Fields rumors. And so the fact that we just can like just that. flip somebody, that just speaks how Kirby has transformed the culture mm-hmm. and the brand of Georgia. Um, also with Dylan Gabriel, um, he's decided between UCF and Georgia. I think and, what is he, and what does he do? You and, know, you know, yeah. you got particularly After Mathis committee. He's like, well, he can go to UCF because Milton's, you know, with his injury situation, you know, NFL mm-hmm. hopes. Who knows what's going to happen? Mm-hmm. And the fact that he could probably get a starting position at UCF kind of questions. Well, should I go to Georgia, yeah. even though the brand's bigger, or should I go to UCF and start? So I think that's a big question for these quarterbacks as they commit to these schools. And one thing you look around, a lot of quarterbacks, they've come out with so many lists, a lot of quarterbacks have almost transferred after that first year. Yeah. Fields, obviously, being the guy that's kind of on the market right now. Um, we talked to Jacob Eason mm-hmm. the year before. <laughs> Just all those guys are at Georgia. Um, Kyler Murray, the former, right. the, the Heisman winner for this year. Mm-hmm. Baker Mayfield, the year before, or with the Heisman, the Heisman winner, and a couple years ago, he transferred from Texas Tech um, over to Oklahoma it's, and walked on. Yeah. Uh, so I think it's interesting. You see, it's almost like a free agency that you would see in NBA or uh, oh, the, sure. or MLB. These kind of for these sure. guys, are like you know, my services are not really. I don't feel like I'm getting the best opportunity shot here. Let's go somewhere else. Yeah. And, and you know, you see. Could he get a waiver? That's going to be one of the biggest things for Justin Fields. If he gets that waiver, I feel like he's for sure gone. And you've talked about as well, if he doesn't get the waiver, is he better off just sitting behind from for maybe another yeah, year? Because know the offense. going to come and start over him. And I think, and just like, just say if he does transfer from Georgia, and my buddy said this to me, and I completely agree with it, I think Oklahoma probably has the best sales pitch for him. Yeah. Look, we've had two transfers come in the past two, three years. And we, the past two Heismans are from Oklahoma. And so, Mayfield was the number one pick. Exactly. And Oklahoma throws the ball 40, 50 times a game. And that's what Field is wanting. He wants to use his legs, but also use his arm. Mm-hmm. And they're pass first. And they have like three five-star wide receivers committed to them right now. So I think they probably had the best sales pitch for him to go there. And I don't want this to happen, but Jaden Hasselwood mm-hmm. was considering Oklahoma you know, during his recruitment. So, and he was very vocal during his recruitment about wanting mm-hmm. the team that he went to to throw the ball more. And that was kind of exactly. a message sent to Georgia. And him and Fields so. have that close relationship. So, And when we saw Fields um, decommit, uh, Hasselwood sent out a tweet saying, well, things just got tough. Or something along the lines of that. And you're like, okay, well, this is not good. That's so, not good, yeah. Because, so when these recruits form these bonds, you know, they want to play with each other. And so when things like this happen, it kind of stirs the pot around a little bit. So it'll be interesting to see within these next couple hours where these big recruits decide to take their talents to. Yeah, the next couple hours are pivotal for some schools kind of making that jump. One team is mm-hmm. – uh, we're going to get Ben Moore on the line here in just a second. Okay. You can go ahead and call okay. him and get him on the line. But you see one team, Texas A&M. Right. right. That Jimbo Fisher is kind of first full year as a coach and now second year in the recruiting cycle. Uh, he has done really well with – Kind of their number two, and they got a legitimate shot to A&M. maybe finish one. We'll see what happens when the Kobe Dean and some other guys. We're getting Ben Moore on the line. Ben Moore has been the editor of Georgia State's uh, website as well, and really covering twenty four seven sports and kind of done all all of that. And so he's done a really good job of kind of talking about what is it like for the group of five. And we're going to talk with him as well about that group of five. Is uh, hey Ben, can you hear me? 
Yeah, man. What's going on? Nothing much. Thanks for coming on. Um, Absolutely. It's a crazy day uh, for National Sunday. You and I talked earlier. It's kind of like a national holiday as well. Yeah, it sure feels like it, man. Uh, between the, uh, the the early signing period, you, know, you kind of get everything uh, started last year in, in 2018. But uh, it's going hot and heavy, and now you're seeing uh, almost as many as 75% of the recruits nationally sign early, and uh, coaches are trying to get their their board set uh, set up. So it's uh, been a lot of fun, a lot, lot of lot of work. I know the coaches' staff, and certainly keeps guys like me pretty busy. So Ben, for you covering Georgia State, you're probably you're more familiar with you know the group of five and how they handle this. How has the shift of splitting this period up into two periods really helped these non-Power 5 schools like a Georgia State? Yeah, it's been a huge help, to be honest with you. Uh, you know, being able to, uh, to lock guys in early, uh, that's the biggest, you know, biggest fear of G5 schools is just you know, having, uh, having you know, guys from the Power 5 ranks miss on their, on their recruits, uh, guys' targets and things like that. So they have to go and raid potentially going into this Sunbelt Conference USA, uh, MAC, things like that, even even the AAC ranks. And now you, you lock them in, the recruitment's over. And uh, it just forces uh, more and more early evaluation. And you're starting to see even kids who are taking uh, official visits earlier in the season, you know, first and second week of the college football season. So basically they're done. You know, they're, they're done taking maybe potentially a final uh, official visit uh, first or second week of December. But, uh, you know, in a lot of cases, uh, it's just really, really pushed the recruiting calendar uh, forward in a lot of ways. And, uh, you know, for G5 programs, they can lock in, you know, three-quarters of their of their class, uh, like I've seen today, certainly across the Sun Belt. Uh, it's, it's a great advantage for sure. You talk about the Sun Belt kind of um, really stepped up their play this year in some notable bowl games as well. And I know you're a Georgia State guy, but Georgia Southern got a big win in their bowl game, um, App State as well. What does that say about the conference hole making that leap and you're seeing some these teams become more talented and bring in you know, some three- and some four-star recruits? Yeah, it's, it's, it definitely, you know, it, it comes down to relationships. I know it sounds kind of cliche, uh, but they're, you know, the conferences as a whole have gotten stronger, some belt included. And I think, honestly, you're just looking at better coaches. Uh, you're seeing the quality of coaches. Why you're seeing guys like Scott Satterfield go on to take uh, the job that he did. see a little bit of used to be a launching off point basically for, for many different conferences and I think you're seeing that and, and honestly uh, even a guy, guy like Billy Napier who, who has Clemson or Alabama what he's done with Louisiana uh, Lafayette uh, they're, they're going to sign basically a top 50 class which is unheard of from a Sunbelt school uh, and uh, can put put their stamp on you know, basically one of the top programs certainly the G5 ranks uh, they're against any in the country and that includes University of Central Florida who question for you you know we know you got a busy day on hand with all everything that's going on for Georgia State we'll get your take on this uh Justin Fields situation you're you're from the state of Georgia you're you're from around here what is your take on 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 him and just the you know the biggest talk is well when you get players like this over and over again some of them are going to want to leave what is your take on that whole situation yeah, I saw a great, great stat yesterday. Eleven of the last 19 five-star quarterbacks have transferred from their original school. So it's really kind of par for the course. Uh, you know, I know Justin Fields was uh, came in 
uh, certainly well well documented and well decorated come out of Harrison High School. Uh, but uh, you know, there are many people who who thought, hey, look, he can potentially come in there and unseat Jake Fromm, who just took Georgia to a national championship game uh, against Alabama. Uh, you know, it's very difficult to do that, and certainly the Georgia coaches looked at him and, and kind of his skill set as, as a unique, uh, able to get out and do some things. But I, I thought it was very interesting. Really, just didn't uh, put him in situations where he was throwing the ball down the field. And um, as Zach Klein, a local uh, local uh, WSB, had it, uh, you know, he was more frustrated too after week two in the South Carolina game. You know, just basically going in there and handing off. Um, you know, it, it was one of those situations now where he, he goes and, and can look around. And of course, the news broke yesterday that uh, he was going to transfer and, and enter into the transfer portal. So he becomes one of the hottest free agents out there. But you know, I think it's more of credit to Jake Fromm and certainly his development, uh, fighting off basically Jake, Jacob Eason as well as Justin Fields. And there'll be another guy, I'm sure, in 2019 and 2020 that he's going to have to uh, kind of shake loose as well. So, uh, you know, it's a, a credit to the development. I know a lot of Georgia fans are, are a little bit upset about losing another five-star quarterback, but it just shows you kind of what the level that uh, Kirby Smart is for recruiting. It happens at Alabama as well. You know, certainly they've seen um, you know, their share of four and five-star guys thanks to the program just simply because they can't get on the, on the field. So, um, you know, it's, it's, it, it is a positive thing, and as I remind fans all the time, about 10% of your roster will leave uh, in, you know, in the course of, of the first two years just based on attrition. So, um, it's very normal for big-time college football, but uh, you know, we will see Justin Fields again and, and uh, interested to see what university he takes. Yeah, we'll definitely see him again and probably hopefully not playing Georgia. That would be that would be rough for Georgia fans to watch to have him have to line up against that defense. Uh, but thanks for coming on once again. And uh, once again, you can follow everything that Ben does over at uh, 24-7 Sports from Georgia State. And I know y'all got a busy day today, and uh, we'll let you go, man. But thanks for coming on. Absolutely. Thanks for having me, Bryce. Appreciate it, man. See you, man. Matthew, I think what Ben said about the group of five is, is couldn't be more true. I mean, you yeah. got guys that – you know, he he talked a lot about if you if you couldn't quite hear, we apologize. But what he was saying essentially is, when it splits up like this, it's allowing these group of five teams to really solidify their class. Yeah, and it kind of puts pressure on these power five schools that if you're going to offer this three star kind of tweener guy, right, you better go ahead and do that. If not, a Georgia State or a right. Troy or Georgia Southern or right. a Mac school is going to offer that. Yeah, and I think another thing to think about is these power five schools. They only have a certain amount of scholarship. Yeah. I think it's twenty four. Uh, scholarships per class for some teams and so when you have these three stars that don't get that last scholarship spot they're going to be looking to these schools like maybe a lower class you know group of five like UCF or Georgia State and all these Sunbelt uh, conference teams um, I think that's what they're going to be considering so I think that's what's given these uh, group of five schools advantages um, to not give these kids like a, a backup because like, they weren't good enough but like the talent, you know, nowadays, you know, all these people are going to Texas A&M, Georgia, Alabama, and these spots are being taken because, you know, for instance, there is a, one of, uh, a kid being recruited for Georgia and then a couple of schools like Auburn and a lower level school, and he didn't get a scholarship spot, so he had to go to another school. So I think it's just uh, a, creates a better opportunity for some of these kids when they can't go to these upper level schools like Georgia or Bama. Okay. And going right along with that, Ben and I were talking about there's a quarterback that committed to Georgia State actually, named Cornelius Brown, uh, and he had a um, went to Nick's went to a Nick Saban camp, went on an official visit to Alabama, mm-hmm. had a had an offer early on, kind of cooled off with everything, especially right. to his brother, uh, kind yeah. of emerging, and then he pounces on that with Georgia State. Well, now Georgia State gets to say, well, look, we he has an offer, and this right. offer. 
you know, still able to be taken, uh, but he chose Georgia State. And same thing as well. You see some of these guys that uh, we talked about, and Ed Oliver, uh, Mackenzie Milton, these guys that slipped through the cracks immediate of playing time. immediate playing time. Uh, that's one thing Will Manis was saying. Why would you not want to go where you can play? And that's his, as, an, as Will's frustration with uh, Georgia, he wanted to know why did all these running backs want to go to Georgia. <laughs> uh, but I agree. I mean, you have guys like a Mackenzie Milton, guys that kind of go, Unheard of, and these guys still make the NFL. I mean, we're talking about we're talking about the group of five. It's not. It's and this is no disrespect. The group of five is not a division lower or anything. I mean, they're very good teams. Some great players that have come out of some group of five schools as well. And so I think that's going to be something to look at. But we want to thank Ben for coming on and talking about that, kind of giving the perspective of okay, what does this look like for non-power five teams? We're going to go ahead and get uh, Brandon Sudge on the line. Brandon is uh, done a lot of work for Georgia football. He's uh, he's been there throughout the heart- heartbreak, been a good friend of mine for a long time, uh, covered the Falcons and that epic Super Bowl collapse out in Houston, and then he also um, was, has worked with Georgia in the past two seasons, so he's gotten to see the national championship. So he's gotten to see a lot of it, and he's going to come on and just kind of talk about the recruiting day for Georgia as a whole. If we can get him on the line, we'll see. Uh, I talked to him before, and he was saying, you know, it's it was kind of a shock to hear the whole Justin Fields news, and you yeah. knew he was a little bit frustrated. But, uh, hey, Brandon, can you hear me? Hey man, what's up? None much. Yeah, you're you. you're you're live with us, but uh, thanks for coming on. Yeah, thanks for having me on. What's up? So, uh, it's, I'm Bryce. Obviously, you know Matthew's here across from me. Um, okay. Tell us what is the feel for you know Georgia and just from writers with the whole Justin Fields situation. That's kind of the first question that everyone wants to know. But what is your genuine feel on that? Yeah. Uh, so Monday night, I believe it was. Maybe it was, uh, it was Monday night. Uh, reports came out that uh, Justin Fields was thinking about uh, transferring for the program. Um, some reports said it was done. Some reports said it wasn't done. Uh, I personally have not been able to go and confirm that report yet. However, based on everything that's out there, um, we can speculate that there is a chance that he leaves. His name is in, in the NCAA portal and other further coaches to speak with him. Um, so for me, what it comes down to, I think he'll travel uh, to New Orleans. I think he'll play in the Sugar Bowl. And it's a matter of if he gets the NCAA uh, hardship waiver that allows him to play immediately next season. And I think if he doesn't get it, there's a chance he comes back to Athens and plays at Georgia next year. But I would also say it's pretty unlikely. Um, so based on that, um, I would say that the chances are good that he'll get out. Um, Georgia currently has one quarterback on scholarship, and uh, Jake Fromm, however, today with early signing day, um, they got John uh, Reese Plumley on radar, and uh, Dewan Smith actually he just flipped over from Ohio State um, uh, about an hour ago. So um, I think overall Georgia's in an okay spot at quarterback. I don't think it kills them. I don't think Justin Gills made that bad of a move either. I mean, that, that's his decision. He wouldn't play very much in Georgia. Um, so, I think all in all, it'll be okay. Hey, Brandon, this is Matthew. Um, just a quick question about the recruiting situation going on right now yeah. with Trey Sanders. And I'm hearing reports, you know, across Twitter that we're now hearing that Holyfield is probably going to be staying for his senior season. What do you think uh, with the situation with Trey Sanders and him, you know, deciding between Georgia and Alabama and, you know, across the vault, you know, we're hearing that, you know, this morning he was telling UGA because yeah. I'm probably going to be heading to Georgia. Um, so now that we're hearing that Holyfield is staying, 
What do you uh, What do you think the situation is with uh, Sanders now? The, the sign between Bama and Georgia now here in that Holyfield might be staying for next year. Uh, with the Holyfield stuff, that's all uh, speculation, right? Uh, from fans on message boards. So that's something we have to wait to see how that unfolds. And uh, with uh, Trey Sanders being, I think we'll find that out in about a half hour here. But if Holyfield does end up staying, I do think that that plays a part. Um, absolutely. And Trey Sanders might go to uh, Alabama or Florida or some other school. Um, but again, I mean, I, I, like I've talked around to uh, some other players and they say, oh, Trey Sanders is the guy. He currently wants us to go get him. Um, so, like I said throughout the past week, that there's a good chance that, that Georgia ends up getting him. But with how these things have developed, how um, how the rumors have swirled, um, I definitely think there's a chance to get him somewhere else. But, um, and again, as I said, um, I think fans are too quick to, to uh, jump in all the speculation. I think we need to wait and see what happens in the next half hour. And obviously you have the N'Kobe Dean situation uh, coming up. And, you know, all the, the, the crystal ball predictions all got him going to Alabama. For you, how much of a loss would that be for Georgia if, we, if they could not secure uh, N'Kobe Dean? Yeah, um, I mean, I think N'Kobe uh, Dean obviously would be a huge um, add on Georgia's end. He's one of the top linebackers um, in the nation. I mean, he's, he's got all of the – He's, he's got all the accolades mm-hmm. that you need out of high school, but he hasn't uh, he hasn't said all that much to uh, the media or anybody, honestly, for that matter. So it's kind of uncertain as to now as to where he'll go. Uh, but Georgia fans will know that in about an hour and a half. Well, it's going to be an exciting day. We want to thank you for coming on. I know you got a busy day talking to recruits. Uh, whining and dining, everybody. I know you got, yeah. you got you got you got a busy day. We'll let you go, but thanks for coming on, Brandon. Yes, sir. Thank you very much for having me, Bryce. Thanks, Brandon. All right, see ya. I mean, Matthew, I think it speaks volumes. Nicobe Dean would be huge, a huge get yeah, for Georgia, especially with how thin we are at inside linebacker. Um, you know, just the amount of playing time that he could possibly probably get. I know Channing Kendall um, being in the system for a year now with the playbook. You have Adam Anderson and. Uh, Tay Crowder in his, I believe his senior season. Or did, he'll be he'll be in his fifth year next year, right, as a redshirt senior. Yeah, so just with the amount of, you know, people we got, but also, you know, the experience we have is not very thick, you know, mm-hmm. with um, Tay getting, you know, the most playing time and Tyndall just kind of learning the playbook. Inside linebacker position is really thin right now. So if he could come in um, being in the weight room and with our program and, you know, getting used to the playbook, I think he could – get some playing time immediately. I think that's something we could sell um, where Alabama, you know, they have five stars, <laughs> five stars, probably a linebacker. So um, it'll be interesting to see. Um, I've read a couple of places where um, dad wants him or parents want him to go to Bama, but he wants to go to Georgia. So you know how family, these family things happen. And we've yeah. seen on signing day where uh, I saw where mom like walked off the stage like five years ago. Oh, when yeah. So committed to Alabama. It was Landon Collins. Yeah, Landon Collins. Safety, right. safety commits at the Under Armour All American game. She was an LSU fan. Had the colors on. He walks off. So signing day is is not only big for the for the kids, but it's, it's big stressful. for the parents as well. It's a stressful time. Um, I think I, I agree with you. I mean, to me, for Georgia, looking at you know, Monty Rice is that right. guy right now who oh, they yes, really yes, missed yes, in that yes, SEC right. championship game. 
and uh, he's working his way back healthy. He was talking to Brandon. He said it should be 100% to it. By uh, yeah, hurt his foot during warm-ups yeah, against man. Tech uh, or UMass. Can't remember which one it was. Um, I think it's awesome to see you know if they got him. Wow, yeah. what that would do for the team. You take a look um, just across the river from where we are over to Auburn. Mm-hmm. They get a quarterback in Bo Nix, who's been a hard commit for a long time. And uh, we talked about this last week. Is this going to be a situation? Can Nix come in and start right away? With uh, Stidham going to the NFL. Auburn not able to secure Kelly Bryant to come, so right. Bo Nix has a legitimate shot to come in there week one right. and uh, try to work for that job. And uh, uh, All Star game played pretty well as, yeah, as well, yeah. and I think it's going to be exciting. Auburn fans, um, and was talking with Will. They can get some O line guys and, and oh, get, get sure. some O line guys, and uh, you never know with Auburn and Gus Malzahn. He is. Uh, He's a good coach. We'll see what he can do though well, this, with that offense. Yeah, and this will be the first time to see if he can develop a quarterback that he recruited mm-hmm. from year one to year three if he leaves or year four if he stays all the way through. Um, because we haven't seen Auburn do that in Gus Malzahn's tenure, where, whether it was offense coordinator or head coach. So I think that's be, that'll be something interesting uh, to find out whenever Bo Nix comes in there and into the system for sure. And talking with Will, Will is getting a little irritated. He's like, y'all always pick on <laughs> for, for, recruiting, for recruiting JUCO guys, but what about Oklahoma? Past two years, I mean, yeah. a couple good ones, and I think that's going to be uh, interesting to see just how recruiting has changed. Yeah, Talking exactly. with Ben about websites like Rivals and Twenty Four Seven Sports, where yeah. this is not just becoming a oh on national side. This is a year round media fiasco where we, as fans and media, right. drool over where seventeen or eighteen year olds are going to try to right. go to college. Situation with Justin Fields that could change in a year. Exactly. Interesting to see, and you saw a lot of the top guys where they were last year and what they're doing now. Uh, Trevor Lawrence uh, about to head into a uh, took Kelly Bryant's position. Took Kelly Bryant's position. Made, him made him transfer, and Kelly Bryant, although probably not as talented as Trevor Lawrence, <laughs> last year in an ACC title. Uh, but Trevor Lawrence getting ready to play in, in a uh, in a college ball playoff Tua as well in his second year, mm-hmm. and you got the guy, other guys too. There, Kyler Murray. I don't know how in the world that guy got unseen, but if he doesn't, we're going to have another show about whether. Just completely dedicated baseball or football for Kyler Murray, which would be better? Um, that's going to that's going to be he, he's going to make the money in baseball though. Um, but that, that it's kind of just a crazy day. We're going to get a lot more throughout the afternoon that we're going to be updating uh, you on. But thanks for joining. Thank you to our guest as well yeah. coming on, talking, kind of giving the schools. I love that. What is what, yeah. what are they doing? Oh, Effect. I can't remember the tailback's name. He's at Texas now, mm-hmm. um, and playing against each other here soon. But it's going to be interesting to see as well. We want to thank you for tuning in. Uh, next week, hope you ever have a good, good Christmas. Uh, probably be off next week for Christmas with the holidays and a holiday here in itself of uh, National Signing Day, the early signing period. We want to thank you to everyone watching. Thank you for our man Will Manis back there just grouching about Auburn football and how they need to get better. It's been a fun one. Uh, but we want to be sure to like, subscribe, and share with all as well. If you're watching on Facebook, thanks for watching. If you're watching on YouTube, and if you're listening to the car ride as well on uh, iTunes or SoundCloud as well, thank you for watching, and we'll see you next time.